Poker, All the Games, is a podcast that introduces listeners to more than 20 variations of poker. Each episode will highlight one game, as well as dive into any controversial news in the poker world. We know why you're here. Because you love poker as much as we do. Now introducing your host, Sean Griegas. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Poker, All the Games. This is episode 14. We're coming at you from the northeast coast of the United States, August 2022. I'm your host, Sean, online as Atomic Squeeze, Nuke Hops, Nuclear Hops, or Homebrew, depending on where you play. We have a fun and informative show for you today, where we'll be focusing on the game called Courchevel. We'll find out what I'm drinking for this episode, then we'll get to Courchevel, and you'll get to hear about my recent play since the last episode, as well as some news in the poker world. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show as much as I enjoy shooting the shit about all things poker and beer. Well, since poker is a social sport, I'm a brewer, and I enjoy drinking beer. As usual, I will be cracking open a beer for today's episode. Many out there probably have heard of this brewery, whether you drink beer or seltzer, and especially if you're from the East Coast. Today's beer is from Samuel Adams, and though it's not quite fall, the weather has seemed more fall-like after the recent heat waves uh, have subsided a bit, and uh, for those that kind of follow some of the news, there's uh, been a couple of monsoons uh, over the past couple of weeks, uh, been, been like a monsoon season in uh, Las Vegas, um, though I'm not in Vegas, and we're coming at you from the uh, northeast of the U.S., um, weather's been, uh, turned around a little bit. So anyway, this beer is, uh, Sam Adams Boston Lager. And the reason I mentioned the, the recent weather change is because, you know, it might, some might think of it as a little bit more of a, uh, a cool, cool weather beer. Um, but it's a, it's a all around, all weather, uh, year round beer as far as I'm concerned. So anyway, Sam Adams Boston Lager, um, the original beer that uh, the Sam Adams Brewery was built on. So let's uh, let's get this one opened. I'm pouring this one from a 12-ounce bottle into a Spiegelo lager glass, which pairs elegantly with this beer. Let's have a smell. Ah, nice. Maltiness, which is exactly what you expect from this Vienna-style lager. Let's have a look. Ah, a nice um, amber, medium amber color and perfectly clear. I expect nothing less from a uh, large uh, commercial craft brewery. Uh, beer is obviously filtered, and uh, so you're not really going to see any floaties in, uh, in this beer, which is uh, kind of nice. Now the best part, let's have a taste. Oh, oh, yum. Full of malty, bready flavors with caramel malts up front, some some toastiness, and um, some mild earth, earth tones as well. It's actually tough to distinguish. There's some there's caramel and toffee flavors that are coming through, and uh, a lot of folks get you know uh, caramel and toffee uh, kind of confuse those two. So uh, 
we'll go with uh, a little bit of both uh, that we're tasting. Maybe up front we get some caramel and uh, turns into to toffee towards the back of the uh, back of the tongue, back of the throat. Slightly dry finish on this, no noticeable hot bitterness and decent carbonation, though a little more carbonation uh, wouldn't hurt for this beer. But uh, overall, it is a solid malt-forward beer. Sam Adams Boston Lager comes in at 5% ABV, goes down nice and smooth, which means I'm going to need another one before long, so we better get started. Remember that our focus here is non-Hold'em poker, specifically for anyone interested in trying their hand at mixed games or those looking to branch into other variations of poker. Or, you know, you're just tired of Hold'em, maybe. (laughs) Whether you're a dealer, player, or card room manager, Um, Our goal is to bring you the rules, the deal, and easy-to-remember basic strategy tips to get you started in the mixed poker game arena. Today's episode will be covering Courchevel. So let's get started. Why why Courchevel? Well, it's similar to Omaha and actually a little more similar to Big O, um, but a lot of listeners I know are more familiar with Omaha. So similar to Omaha and Big O, um, different enough. Um, to, to have its own episode, a uh, little, little twist. It's like big O high, um, with it, with a twist. So, all right, let's get to the uh, general rules and play of Courchevel. So this is a flopped game with fixed limit or pot limit betting. The deal action and general play of this game, although not the strategy is the same as in big O with the exception of one unique twist. The first community card is exposed pre-flop before the first betting round. In the end, each player will be dealt five down cards and use two of those five plus three of the five from the community cards to make the best five-card high hand using the normal ranking of poker hands. So here are the specifics on how to deal and play Courchevel. A small blind and big blind are used for the two positions immediately to the left of the dealer button, respectively. After the blinds are posted, five cards are dealt to each player face down, one at a time, starting with the player to the immediate left of the dealer button, also known as the small blind, and proceeding clockwise around the table. After all players receive their five hole cards, and before any round of betting occurs, A card is burned, and the first flop card is dealt face up in the middle of the table. Now, the first round of betting occurs, where each player, starting with the player to the left of the big blind, known as the the under-the-gun player, takes action as either folding, matching the big blind, or raising to a larger amount. Once action is taken by each player at the table still in the hand, Another card is burned, and the remaining two flop cards are dealt face-up in the middle of the table to the immediate right of the first flop card. Another round of betting takes place, beginning with the leftmost player at the table closest to the dealer button, who is still in the hand, and continuing clockwise around the table. Once action is taken by each player at the table still in the hand, another card is burned, and a fourth card, known as Fourth Street or The Turn, is placed face up to the immediate right of the flop cards. Another round of betting takes place, beginning with the leftmost player at the table closest to the dealer button, who is still in the hand and continuing clockwise around the table. Once action is taken by each player at the table still in the hand, 
another card is burned, and the fifth and final card, known as Fifth Street or the River, is placed face up to the immediate right of the Fourth Street card. Another round of betting takes place, beginning with the leftmost player at the table closest to the dealer button, who is still in the hand and continuing clockwise around the table. Finally, the showdown, where a winner is determined with the best high hand being made using two of the player's hole cards plus three of the community cards. So there you have it, the specific play and deal for Courchevel. So let's go over a few beginner's tips uh, to get you started. It's important to pay attention to the door card. In, in this game, the door card meaning the first card revealed as the community card because that is where the first round of betting takes place. You get right, you get your five hole cards and then a first card is turned up, one of the community cards. The first community card is turned up and then around the first round of betting takes place. So it's important to pay attention to that door card, watching how the other players react to that door card. Pay attention to the action of each player on that betting round. See if you can get anything from their reactions as to, you know, if it looks like the, they think the, the card is uh, positive or negative for their hand. And, you know, the, the same goes for you. Determine how that door card plays into your hand. That is how well or how not well it plays with any of the uh, five cards, you know, two in a kind of combination of two of the five cards that you have, um, your whole cards, the ones in your hand. So, as in Omaha and in Big O, big hands occur much more frequently in Courchevel than compared to Hold'em because everybody has five cards, right? There's a lot of big hands, um, a lot of big hands that are possible. And that leads to our third uh, beginner's tip, and that is draw to the nuts, right? You're always looking to draw to the nuts, Um based on the community cards and, and what you have in your hand. When drawing to the second, now I'm not saying never stay in the hand, right? You have the second nuts of fold all the time, right? That's that's not what we're saying here. But when drawing to the second nuts or anything less than the actual nuts, use caution. This is where paying attention, especially to you know reactions and betting patterns comes in. If it seems like someone is betting like they have the nuts, then consider folding even if you have the second nuts. Again, it depends on the player. How have they been playing up to that point? How are they betting in this hand compared to how they've uh, how they've been betting in other hands, etc.? So observational skills in this game and in any card game and in life in general, honestly, um, become critical and uh, you know important for success. So there you have the, the, the play and deal of Courchevel and some uh, basic beginner strategy tips to get you started in playing that uh, this game. Next, let's talk about uh, some of my recent play since episode 13. So played in played in some home games, and I, I should I should clarify here a little bit. Um, as I go through, let me clarify uh, the home game uh, definition a little bit because um, I, I haven't been clear in some prior episodes, but. In any event, there's some players being kind of, uh, you know, pardon my French here, but being assholes um, in, in one of these games. And uh, there's just constant bitching, you know, about, uh, oh, there's too many players. Oh, there's not enough players. <laughs> Basically, in the end, just a bunch of whiners. And this is where um, this is where I have to sort of 
uh, give a little more clarity. I've been calling all these home games. Uh, I do hold a home game, but some there's also a, what I've called a home game, but it's more it's in a social club. Um, it's kind of a home game atmosphere in my opinion, but it's held in a social club, so it's not really at home. So I guess you know a, a social club game uh, might fit better. But that's really where I'm seeing this this really just piss poor behavior. And because uh, honestly, you know, in a home game that I hold, host uh, in my own place or uh, just anywhere, if I'm hosting a game, uh, I'm not going to deal with that kind of crap. Uh, you're either there to have a good time. There's not a lot of money on the line in any of these games. Um, it's there to have a good time. And in the case of uh, being in a social club, it's to support the club, uh, you know, buy some food, buy some drinks, um, tip the staff, et cetera. That's, that's really what it's about. Um, and, and if you're getting cranky and upset, you, you really just don't belong. I mean, it's, it's social, right? The, the word social is in there for a reason. So I wouldn't deal with, with that kind of behavior in my home game. Um, so it doesn't happen there. But in any way, in any event, um, I'm not sure how much more I can take of that uh, that social club uh, hold'em game. Um, and right now, my uh, short-term strategy is basically either working to replace um, a few of us try to replace some of those bitching players um, and get them to maybe just not show up, um, or just content- discontinue going to that game and uh, you know get away from the situation altogether. Um, I also played in the casino and here we go. This seems to be a theme now, um, since the last episode. So, uh, but I went down to, uh, went over to Borgata, play some seven card stud, sat down with about a hundred, yeah, hundred started with $150 in a $5, $10, uh, seven card stud limit game. There were six players at the table when I started, it was kind of off and on, um, a player would leave, a player would show up, um, but it was, it was pretty much steady with five, same five or so of us, six of us uh, playing. But within about two hours, players began leaving um, with one or two bitching about the dealer. And the, honestly, the dealer wasn't really that bad. They were maybe a little involved with, too much involved with talking to the players and not really um, running the game as they should be. So I, I can kind of see it, but um, since this is really the only seven card stud game, um, you know, with a reasonable driving distance, uh, you know, sometimes you kind of just, just go with the flow and you'd rather the game just keep going. But, um, a couple of player, one player wasn't going to have it left. Um, there was another player bitching about, I think they were not real serious, but bitching about a bad beat I put on them and never mind, I got beat in a three-way hand for a pile of cash uh, shortly before that. But again, it's it's part of the game. Let's gamble, right? This is poker, for goodness sakes. But uh, in general, it seems that uh, the stud games, seven-card stud games at the Borgata are drying up for for one reason or another. Um, And it seems, uh, this goes back to this, uh, seems like this, petty bitching is is rampant. I don't know if it's just the the time of the year or or, or something like that, but it's a shame and and hopefully it clears up. Uh, I may have to travel over to Parks uh, Casino in Philadelphia. They have a regular $6, $12 limit, Omaha 8 uh, slash Stud 8 game rotation that rotates every half hour between Omaha 8 or better and Stud 8 or better with $6, $12 limits. Uh, I might have to head over there um, since I like to play the five rotation game of horse and uh, Omaha 8 and Study are two of those five games. So, you know, I enjoy those playing those. Head over there, see if the same bitching is happening there or if the games are generally better. Or, uh, I mean, if worse comes to worse uh, and I want to really play seven card stud, which is one of my favorite games. Um, 
of those that are even played on the East Coast here. Have to travel outside of the area and northward uh, up to Connecticut to Foxwoods. Um, seems that they have a number of stud seven card stud tables running simultaneously, but uh, pretty regularly. So we'll have to see how all that pans out. One final place. So I, I got a, a bit of play in uh, since last episode. I also play a little bit online. Um, I got to play uh, a Badoogie tournament. So for those of you who uh, don't know Badoogie, um, you can listen and go back to listen to episode 13 where we talked about Badoogie. And uh, if you follow and listen to this podcast regularly, uh, you heard about Badoogie in, uh, in the last episode. So I got a chance to play some Badoogie after I recorded that episode. And while I didn't finish in the money, in fact, I finished three places from the money um, in 14th place out of 65 players. But, uh, you know, hey, generally I was pleased with my play, you know, beat out uh, over 50, 51 players um, and uh, just a few from the money. It's a small tournament, uh, n- not a big buy-in. It's more just, uh, just you know, th- these small buy-ins, I-, I honestly just, I'm there to have a good time, relax. Um, and I save my anxiety and stress, uh, trying to focus and play real, you know, (laughs) real good. Um, well, you know, when there's more money on the line, but of course you always hope to, to get in the money and it's always nice to, to do well. So, you know, like basically what I'm saying is for a small buy-in tournament and, uh, you know, just kind of, kind of putzing around, having a good time, placing 14th, uh, out of 65 is, uh, is not too shabby. Finally, let's talk about some recent news, uh, in the poker world. So um, Poker Go, uh, basically Poker Go, they have Twitter, they have a Twitch channel, I believe. They it's a streaming service where uh, you pay monthly or annually. Um, it's an app you can download uh, to your television or your your phone or tablet and uh, stream. They've got tons of poker content for uh, it's it's really a good value if you're looking to just uh, flick one app open, uh, flick one channel on on your uh, on your television. And uh, you know, have have a lot of poker content uh, right right at your hand, right at hand. So anyway, so Poker Go has a high stakes duel, um, and it is scheduled uh, for August twenty second, two thousand twenty two. Scott Seaver was scheduled to play Phil Hellmuth in a one point six one point six million dollar. Man, I'm stuttering there. That's a lot of money. One point six million dollar heads up match with each player. Um, to put up $800,000. So it would have been the the largest high-stakes duel to take place yet. Uh, The big news is that Scott Seaver backed out of the match, citing personal reasons. Personally, I'm thinking the the personal reasons are likely related to uh, having to put up $800,000. And I have to say, if that's the reason, I can't blame anyone. Uh, It's a significant amount of money, especially uh, given Phil Hellmuth's record in high stakes duel, he's he's currently nine and one um, in this put uh, in poker goes high stakes duel. So what's gotten the poker roll the buzz is about who will step up with eight hundred thousand dollars to go heads up with Phil Hellmuth in what would be round five of poker goes high stakes duel three. And uh, like I said, somebody's got to put up eight hundred thousand, whether their own money or you know likely get some backers. But um, it's gonna be tough. To, to get investors right yeah the, the Phil Hellmuth is your opponent and uh his record is nine and one uh it's gonna be tough to get people to back you uh back those kind of odds 
So that's Poker Go's high stakes duel. One other uh, piece of big news recently in the uh, casino industry, Hustler Casino, and you'll see a theme here as well, uh, like with the petty bitching in the in the in the home so in the social game and uh, in the casino that I mentioned earlier in this episode. But the Hustler Casino recently backed out of a two hundred fifty thousand dollar guarantee no limit hold'em tournament. What makes this so egregious? is that the tournament already started. Players entered and many had already busted with several starting flights having already taken place. What the hell are guarantees for if they can simply be broken if things don't go your way? This will have a large negative impact. Uh, with you know, It goes without saying, a large negative impact on Hustler Casino moving forward, which is a shame um, as they have a live stream called Hustler Casino Live, which has been doing quite well. In fact, it was their one-year anniversary of that show at that time they canceled this 250000 guaranteed tournament. Now, in all fairness, right, give both sides of the story here, in all fairness, I have to say Hustler Casino made an attempt, no matter how paltry it may be, to make up for backing out of that guarantee. They offered the remaining players to play for the entire prize pool up to that point, not counting the $250,000 guarantee, but there were $27,000 um, of buy-ins uh, up to that point. So they offered, I believe it might have been the remaining nine players that were left. Um, they offered them to play for the $27,000 that was in the uh, original kitty from the buy-ins that happened. And they also refunded all the players' buy-ins. So basically, they refunded $27,000 worth of buy-ins, and then um, they continued the tournament with the last nine players to play for the, the remaining, uh, the, the other 27000 that was actually put up by the players who entered the tournament. So, you know, basically, they tossed in $27,000 to make up for a guaranteed $250,000 that was advertised shitty if i do say so myself leave it to big business to continue screwing customers after making promises and guarantees if it's this easy to back out of a guarantee what's going to stop this kind of behavior from continuing to happen you know a lot of other other poker rooms backing out of guarantees but you know maybe this is a business opportunity for an insurance company to step in and you know offer insurance for players or i don't know casinos players for these types of situ situations haha <laughs> more more opportunity for big business to screw everybody right finally if you want to learn more about Corchevel or any mixed games head over to amazon for my book poker all the games a comprehensive introductory guide to mixed games there, you can read the rules and basic strategy for each of 23 mixed poker games, so you don't have to keep rewinding the podcast to follow the rules. The book is more than just the rules and play of 23 mixed games. It's also a good reference for definitions on all terms related to poker, so you're comfortable before sitting down at a table. For example, if you want a clear explanation of a small blind, a big blind, an ante, and less common terms such as big blind antes, button antes, straddles, button straddles, kill pots, half kill, and so on. You can find all of those definitions as well as a lot more to make you comfortable. Um, there's a lot of poker terms flying around out there. So uh, pick up this book over on Amazon. Uh, pick up the book and uh, get yourself comfortable with all the terms uh, so when you walk into a game, you don't look like a newbie. 
There's also more. There's a chapter on poker history, a chapter on the similarities between Hold'em and Mixed Games, and another chapter on the differences between Hold'em and Mixed Games, plus much, much more. Well, that's all for episode 14, Corson Bell. Thank you for listening to Poker All the Games. Follow me on Twitter at P-O-K-R All the Games. Subscribe for free at pokerchannel.substack.com and join us again in two weeks for episode 15 where we are going to kick it up a notch and discuss Badusi, a combination of two games mashed together and played as one. Thanks to Ricky Snyder for music and sound. Be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast, Poker, All the Games, so you never miss an episode. Until then, may your hands be huge, your cards fill both high and low, and scoop as many pots as you can. Mm-hmm.